Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. I have something fun for you today. We are in the beginning of a 30 days of faith walking challenge. I share this because there's still time for you to get plugged in. You can just start today, start where you are. There are videos and trainings every single day that open to you. And then there's different tools, activations, frameworks, reflection questions that you can apply in just 30 minutes a day. There is also a community of faith walkers that are in there on this journey, and we have weekly live coaching calls every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and you can dive in now. Okay, so at this point, we'll still have four more live calls. You get lifetime access to this program, so you can go through as many 30-day challenges for yourself as you want, but this is a program that is amazing just in its first few days already. So what I thought I would do today is just walk you through. This program is actually based off of Rule and Reign, the Faith Walker Manual. This is a workbook that I created a few years ago now, and it just felt so necessary to create a program around this to model the way so that if you wanted to run your own small group or if you wanted to start just really building your faith in a very practical way every single day, this would be a tool that you could use in your life. So I wanted to talk today about one of the topics in Rule and Reign, the Faith Walker Manual. This is something that we do around day 10 in the 30-day challenge, but the topic is play the long game. Play the long game. Now, for me personally, when I heard a phrase like this, I'm like, nah, mm -mm." like that doesn't even sound enticing. (laughs) I don't want to be in pain or discomfort way longer than I have to. Like I'm human. Mm -mm. Nope, don't want to do it, right? But when we get this perspective, it radically changes our approach to how we walk out our faith. So I thought that this would be a great thing to serve you. And I must say, if you do want to get into that challenge, into that program, it's beyond a challenge. If you want to get into that program, you can go to www.courageco.org and get plugged in there. Or I made it real easy. You can just click on the link in the show notes to get plugged in immediately and you will get instant access. Okay. And we also are going to have a bonus. So there's plenty of reasons to join. You just got to do it. So play the long game. I want to give you a reference. It's actually Philippians 4, 11 through 13. It says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to become content whatever the circumstance is. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Okay. Let's break this down a second. I'm a word nerd. Some of you know this. I break down words. I make sure that I'm mulling it over in my mind that it's making sense to me because otherwise I can't apply it. And if I can't apply it, I can't live it. Okay. So in this verse, this is Apostle Paul. I call him one of my Bible mentors, right? 
But I found in many uncomfortable, unsettling, challenging years of my life that contentment is a strategy. And it says in one of the versions, I've learned to be content whether I'm abased or abounding, whether I have much or little. And what this teaches is to be present in the moment. When you're living in the past, you're living in a dead thing. It's not real. You're pulling a dead thing into your present reality. When you're tripping about the future, I call it future tripping, when you're looking at the future with all this anxiety, you don't know how it's all going to go, you start freaking out and get involved and embrace crazy making, okay? Where you have your power is actually in the present moment, but you can't be present if you're not content. So this is actually a strategy, and we hear a lot, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but here's a specific thing. You can be content through Christ who strengthens you. You can be in this moment, not trying to get into another one. You can fully embrace and be here now, right? I like to say, wherever you are, be all there. If you're going to meet somebody for coffee, don't be taking calls and be on your phone the whole time. Be all there. Otherwise, why did you go, right? If you are going to go on a trip, Plan your schedule so that all of your work gets done so that you are all there when you're on that trip and fully present with whoever you're with, right? The present moment is a gift and the gift you bring to it is your presence, okay? So you can do that through God who gives you the strength to fix your mind on the right things, A mind that is fixed and stayed on him, he will keep in perfect peace. That's a promise, right? As you fix your mind on him, as you give God your cares and these things that make you really emotional, as you start really trusting in him, which means you rely on him, you lean into him, you put your confidence in him because he has proven trustworthy. He is faithful. As you do those things, he helps you to be content in situations and circumstances where if it were up to you and your human self, you definitely would not be, okay? Powerful verse right there. That is a model (laughs) and a great setup for playing the long game. But it's interesting. Some believers experience the power of God more than others. Some see God's supernatural activity so clearly in their lives because they've decided that the only appropriate response to him is complete and radical obedience. I call this instant obedience, right? If, If God is going to give me a inspired action, something to follow, I'm not going to go, why? (laughs) Right? Or keep questioning him. I'm either going to take him at his word and do what he says, or I'm not. Right? Let's not overcomplicate this. I'm either going to listen to you and apply what you're saying, or I'm not going to do it. So some believers are committed to obeying his leading, no matter how absurd or bizarre his instructions may be, or how long the process is. There's actually a fruit of the spirit called long suffering. Okay. It is exactly what it sounds like. And part of growing and maturing in God is being able to suffer through things well, to be content when things aren't going the way you thought they would go, to be at peace when there's a storm raging all around you. It is supernatural. That's not human. You can't do it in your natural. You got to apply super to it. 
This kind of response lays the groundwork for God to do incredible things in your life, and it greatly supports you in ruling and reigning. Okay, a lot of what God is teaching us to do is to govern our soul, to get our soul to submit to our spirit so that we can actually inform our body, this vehicle that we have to go and do exploits in the world, how to do it. But often we're getting our cues from the world, which is informing our soul of all of this interesting stuff. We're thinking on things, meditating on things, listening to things, focusing on things, looking at things, gossiping about things, talking about things, venting about things that do not serve us at all. And we're totally disconnected from our spirit. It's not how we're designed to function and operate at all. So... How we choose to respond to God is more important than hearing from him. A lot of times, and you all loved this episode, go back and listen to it. It's all about how you know you're actually hearing from God. But we often prioritize hearing from God. How do I know if I'm hearing from God? Is this God? I don't know, right? Like we we really prioritize hearing from him. But how we choose to respond to God is more important than hearing from him. So if We're wanting to hear from God, but we're completely unwilling to be obedient. (laughs) There's no point in really hearing from him. And God knows your heart. Like if you're not going to do what he's going to tell you to do, why would he keep telling you more things? Often we're not hearing God because we didn't do the last thing he told us to do that we know to do. We just keep putting it off. Delayed obedience is still disobedience, right? So how we choose to respond to God is more important than hearing from him. So just think about that. Are you positioned to respond to God if he tells you something? It says the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land, not the unwilling and disobedient. Okay, so just just a thought. Abraham was called the friend of God, not because he heard God's voice, but because he was committed to obeying the voice of God. Time and time again, God demonstrated his ability in and through Abraham because Abraham was willing to obey whatever God told him. The worst thing we can do and the quickest way to become insensitive is to ignore a prompting or an impression from the Holy Spirit. When we get this knowing in our knower, when we get this inner prompting, when we get this divinely inspired idea The worst thing we can do is ignore it. So an example of this, you might have had this intuitive hit, right? This intuition come up for you and you ignored it and that got you in trouble. You probably have experienced this personally in some kind of way, but the more you listen and the more you trust, the more you are protected, led, guided, supported. We just don't often trust ourselves and trust this inner prompting, the still small voice, the guidance, the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our life, okay? And that gets us in trouble. We must commit ourselves to listening to God for the purpose of responding to what he says and not allow ourselves to hear without responding. Think of it this way too. If you were to go and get a degree and then do nothing with it, why in the world did you do it, right? Like why did you sacrifice, spend so much time, energy, emotion, finances for something that you didn't even want in the first place? Doesn't really make sense. Or 
if you experienced and were exposed to education and tools and all of these beautiful ways of of gaining knowledge, of processing, of growing in wisdom and understanding, why would you keep that to yourself and not share that as a way to serve other people? It's not random that you were gifted with those experiences and that education and other people didn't get access to that. But when you just keep it to yourself, nobody gets blessed. So I like to say too, right, if God is giving you a word of encouragement for somebody or if God is highlighting something amazing about somebody to you, that is an opportunity for you to use your voice and to share it. Why would you keep that to yourself, right? You have an opportunity to bless somebody and they don't get blessed when you keep your mouth shut. So let people know how much you love them. Share these encouraging words when they're put on your heart. Text that person when they come to mind. Give that person a quick phone call when God drops them on your heart. Don't just ignore that stuff. Those little things are everything. Those are big things. Okay? So we must commit ourselves to listening to God for the purpose of responding to what he says and not allow ourselves to hear without responding. This may require keeping the end in mind and planning to obey God in advance. Whatever God tells me, I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to be obedient. I'm just positioned to do it. It might be weird. I might feel super awkward. It might feel like a really big risk, but I'm positioning myself to obey in advance. We often want to see God's supernatural activity, but how many times, just consider this, how many times have we forfeited God's blessing in our lives? Yikes. And we usually don't have a good reason for it. But how many times have we forfeited God's blessing in our lives? We usually refuse to follow God's direction when we think we must give up. When we think what we must give up is greater than what we'll gain. Let me say that again. We usually refuse to follow God's direction when we think that what we must give up is greater than what we'll gain. Right? We're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to like lose too much. I'm going to have to sacrifice too much. I don't think I'm down with that. The rich young ruler is an example of this, right? He's like, oh, Jesus, like, what do I got to do to follow you? And Jesus is like, get rid of all your stuff, bro. (laughs) Get rid of all your stuff. Because if you are making all of that an idol, you can't follow me. You won't be able to hear me, receive from me, nothing. And the rich young ruler couldn't do that. So think about that. How many times have we forfeited God's blessing? When we refuse to follow God's direction, we miss God's blessing. We experience his judgment and break the intimacy that allows our spiritual ears to hear what he has to say to us in the future. So in the short run, it may appear that our way is best, but we will soon see that obedience far outweighs the consequences of disobedience. There's a way that seems right in our eyes, and we often try to run after that thing, but in the end, it leads to destruction. It's obedience that leads us into the good plans and purposes that God has specifically for us. When we choose to obey, we find rewards with his power presence, and supernatural blessing. We're graced for things. 
right? When we move into things that just we want to do, God doesn't necessarily follow us there, (laughs) right? If God's not on it, I don't want it is like, I like to say this, right? I don't want to operate in my own strength and understanding anymore because I know how limited that is. And when you know the power of walking in step with God and not relying on your own strength, but depending on his, that's a totally different experience. And you actually get to step into totally different outcomes. So as we seek to discern God's voice and respond appropriately, we can become frustrated because it seems God is steering us away from our cherished goals right? Sometimes you do. You have to give up things that were familiar to you, things that you grew comfortable just having in your life to step into this wonderful new and to step into the good things that God has for you. And we don't always know or consider what major adjustments this surrender might entail. And if we don't prepare to modify our plans, we will end up more frustrated and more overwhelmed. Deciding to adjust our lives in obedience to God requires surrender. I must decrease that he must increase. It's in Proverbs 19.21 that says, Only God's purposes will prevail. So any plan that we devise on our own will not reap eternal dividends. If we want to see God operating in our lives, we must adopt his plans and accept his invitation to be part of them. It's not that we're never going to see our dreams become reality. It's more that the Holy Spirit is at work in us to change our desires to match up with God's desires. We must keep our plans flexible and never make concrete plans without leaving room for God to do something different. So I often soothe myself or remind myself to hold things loosely I don't want to white knuckle them. I don't want to grip them. I don't want to suffocate them. I don't want to have them so tightly in my grasp that God can't touch them or get into them at all. We've got to keep our plans flexible to leave room for him. And I know for sure from personal experience that it is comforting to have a plan B just in in your backup, right? We got plan B as the backup plan waiting for us when obedience isn't convenient anymore. But God desires that we metaphorically burn our ships and annihilate any other means of departure and throw ourselves wholeheartedly into what he asks of us. So an example of this, at the end of the year last year, I had two significant sources of income removed from my life, just whoop, gone. Literally back to back, month one, Month two, just gone. And I'm like, woof, well, that wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) But in that moment, it was a powerful decision-making point. I knew that I could, you know, hoard money, freak out, you know, go into this really weird space and like make it totally look like I'm an orphan and not a daughter of God, right? Or... I could trust what God was doing in my life and sow that money into a program to develop, to really launch into what I saw him moving on. And that's exactly what I did. I sowed money so that I wouldn't stop the flow of money. And I decided that I was going to be God's next success story in this program that I was a part of. (laughs) 
And that is exactly what happened. He totally blew my mind in miraculous ways and launched me into a different journey with him that I am convinced would not have happened if I had planned B, C, D, E, F, G, right? And didn't trust what he was downloading to me. So I could have taken the detour into fear or I could have taken the leap of faith. And I chose to take the leap of faith and to trust no matter what I was tempted to think or what feelings were starting to come up, right? The the enemy trying to come in like a flood. I just knew that I had to position myself to raise this standard against him. I had to get super clear, super focused, really hone in on what mattered most and go hard after those things without wavering. Okay? And I knew how God had been preparing me that this is what I was ready for. Like, it can only be God. And you only remove things, God, to give me greater. And I'm going to hold you to it. (laughs) And I'm going to partner with you in this. And if I would have clung to the fear, the anxiety, or try to do things in my own strength, those things probably wouldn't have worked. And I would have held myself back and prevented what God was trying to do. Okay? So God does want us to burn our ships so that we just trust his plan because he only needs one. He doesn't need our plans. He has the plan and we're going to partner with it or we're not. We got to throw ourselves wholeheartedly into what he asks of us. Scripture has a name actually for believers to hear from God, but have a plan B waiting in the wings. It's called double mindedness. Okay. It's in James 1, 7 through 8. James says that if we are double-minded, we should expect to receive nothing from the Lord. So being double-minded looks like, oh yeah, God told me this thing, but maybe he meant this. And I'm just going to go get some feedback and some opinions from man. And I'm going to research some of this stuff on the internet. And I'm going to have this like backup thing over here. Now we're confused. We're double-minded. We're unstable in all of our ways when it was really clear what God said to do, we were just too afraid to step out on it. We have to choose courage, not cowardice. When we are not hearing from God, we can ask if double-mindedness is the cause. Sometimes our heart is turned from him. Sometimes we've invited so much mixture and confusion into our life that he did not author. And this is creating a different frequency. We're literally on a different radio station. We can't hear him because we created all of this noise. Okay? So complete obedience to God requires a commitment to modify and change our plans at a moment's notice. This requires radical faith and radical trust in God. It can also seem frightening unless we know that God is good and he is kind. Okay, so even in the situation I was just describing, if something is removed, I know that that's of God's highest good for me. I know that it was not something that I did that was my fault. I know that I would I was operating in excellence literally for years of my life. For, so for that to be gone, it had to leave. If it's not for me, it can't stay. And I'm not going to get caught up on all the reasons why. I'm just going to move into where God is. <laughs> right? So... It can seem frightening to do that, right? But when we know that God is good and that God is kind, I like to just remind myself to catch up with my good. Catch up with God. Catch up with my good. If that thing is gone, my good ain't there. That dried up. That well is dried up, so I'm going to go to where (laughs) it's flowing, right? He has our best interest in mind and has a plan for us that is for our good. We know this from Jeremiah 29, 11. 
God, you have good plans for my life. They're not for evil. They're not to harm me, but they are for good. They're, they're promise, your future promises to give me a hope, right? So it's very important to know God's word so that you can work it when you need it the most. When we give ourselves wholly unto God, we give him our wholehearted commitment, we can be sure he will give us the strength to accomplish his mission, whatever his assignment is for the season that we're in. The abundant life God has promised us is expansive. John 10.10 talks about this. It is in our best interest to play the long game as we walk out and steward what God has entrusted to us. If we want to really play the long game, then we need to know what the short game looks like. Often, it looks like telling ourselves why we deserve not to show up and procrastinating, making excuses, taking shortcuts, leaning on our own power and understanding, and doing what feels best in the moment versus what we know is best and being consistent in that. There are a lot of reasons why we choose to play the short game and why we settle, why we cower back, why we shrink. Anyone, though, that wants our best and has our best interest at heart wouldn't encourage this. They wouldn't enable this. They would confront that in love. God hasn't called us to play the short game. Not ever. He's called us to rule and reign in life and in the assignments that we are uniquely called to. He's called us to play the long game and live a life of faith. He wants to equip us to go the distance. In fact, he actually designed and created us to go the distance. So interestingly enough, in my life, I've been reminded far more times than I'd like to play the long game when it comes to visions of the divine work, businesses, and ministries that God has shown me. This has also been true in relationships. Relationships are for sure the long game. <laughs> relationships are all about your love ministry. They give you instant feedback on how you're doing there. But like our character development, our work development has many learning curves, peaks, and valleys that we don't always anticipate. In my case, there were many things that I didn't realize I was unprepared for. You know, we just think that we've suffered enough and that we're suddenly prepared, but that's not always how it works. So when I decided to complete my training as a professional life coach, I was young. This is back in 2008, okay? I actually was certified uh, in 2009. And because I felt so strongly that this is what I was being led to commit to and do while I was in graduate school, which was polarizing in a lot of ways, I didn't see that that was an issue. Right, I was young, but I didn't see that being a problem. It was when I finished all of my training and my graduate degree and went out to take massive action in the world that I learned that ongoing learning was the path, right? I think we can think like, oh yeah, I just got the degree or I just got the certification and like now I'm, I'm done. <laughs> kind of like in healing, okay, whew, I made it through all of that pain, like we're good, right? We don't need any more therapy, any more coaching ever. Not so. <laughs> <laughs> there's more layers, right? So there's a belief in the world that once we finish school, for example, for example, there will be companies and clients just waiting to work with you, right? Have you ever believed that? <laughs> Unfortunately, that is just not so. The reality is we invest lots of money, 
time, energy, sacrifices, and resources into our development and are still not prepared for our future. Hard reality. Often, we won't feel qualified for what God calls us to do, so it's important to recognize that God qualifies the called. We see that in 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. So once I awakened to this reality that ongoing investing was just par for the course, rather than like resisting it, rather than fighting it, rather than venting about it or complaining how much it costs to invest in yourself and, you know, all that, I just became smarter about it. There were a plethora of tools, trainings, programs, and courses available in the world, but not all of them will deliver a return on investment, and it's crucial to pray and obey, particularly with the resources God has given us to steward, right? When we just try to do self-help and self-help our way through life, usually we're doing that out of desperation, out of fear, and any time that we do something out of desperation or fear, we find an oppressor. We find suffering, okay? But when God is leading and guiding, he will guide you to the coaches. He will guide you to the podcast. He will guide you to the programs. He will guide you to the tools and resources that you're ready for because he knows and he knows what you have need of. Not so of people that are highly trained to control and manipulate, okay? So it's really important to have discernment. Not all good things are God things, and not all things are what they appear. So while for some time I was frustrated that I felt like I was ready for what God had shown me and resisted going to, you know, resisted the idea of hiring more mentors or going to trainings and investing in programs, I came to a space where I changed my mindset and attitude entirely, right? First, if I was ready, I'd be in God's timing, walking out the fullness of what I'd seen. If I wasn't, there was still more for me to learn, and I was to be faithful where I was, right? That's the best way to not miss anything in your life is to be faithful where you are, fully embrace where you are, milk every season, juice every season for what it's worth so you fully embrace everything that it has to offer you and that you can truly say you're ready for the next one. Secondly, it was God who led me to mentors and to the development, to the skill training that I needed, and he was the one providing for it. Therefore, what really did I have to complain about? Right? If God is giving me the idea for something, won't he also provide the means for that something? Just think about it. Sometimes we make this really, really complicated and it doesn't need to be, right? If God says that this is what I have need of, he will provide means for me to do it. Now, if I resist and I fight with him, I could miss the window. I could miss the boat. He sent the boat. Here I am praying for tools, praying for help, praying for support. He brings it, but I'm like, "Mm, no, that looks like a scary investment. The boat sails away. I just prolonged my growth. I could have been accelerated into this purpose, but I just prolonged it by watching my boat go by that God sent to me as an answer. We do that a lot. So rather than having fear, I can choose to step out in faith, which is always a risk. It is always uncomfortable. That's just part of it. I just know now that it's par for the course and I decide to show up bigger. Rather than shrink, I'm going to show up bigger and expand into what's possible for me. And if I need that, I'm going to go get it. (laughs) Right? So the long game often looks like this. 
learning, 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 learning. Then we move into training, applying everything that you've been learning to see how much command of it you actually have. How do you know what you know unless you practice it? You actually have no clue. Just because you have, you know, a degree, how do you know (laughs) that you're really a master at that thing? Just because you completed classes and courses, that doesn't make you have all of the experiential education, right? That's why you see with doctors, right? They spend a lot of time in school, not just in school, though, doing the internship, doing the apprenticeship. I'm not remembering the exact word, right? But they spend a lot of time actually in the field before they actually get the title, right? So learning, training, we spend a lot of time in training, applying what you've learned to make sure that you know what you know, and then you get launched or deployed into your assignment. These are all different seasons, and these can be years of your life. I know for me personally, I spent a lot of years in learning and a ton, a ton of years in training. And often in training years, I thought I was ready for my assignment, but I wasn't. And I could either fight God on that or embrace there's more for me to learn and trust him. So until we are ready for the assignment, we're either learning or in training. If we think we're ready but haven't received confirmation from the Lord, we're still in training. It helps to see this because then we can show up fully where God has us. So now as a coach, I invest really in whatever I need, because I know with God, I am a good investment and I will be able to apply the wisdom and development he leads me to with greater power and authority. So if he, you know, he sent me to, I have different ministry certifications. He sent me to ministry school. He's given me tons of ongoing development and and skill development that I couldn't have received if I didn't trust him. It's not often what I talk about, but it's just made me better and it's allowed me to show up in greater mastery and excellence in what I do. There isn't a one-size-fits-all formula, program, or training that fully prepares us for what's next. And that's why it's not fair to say, well, I have this degree and, (laughs) right? Do you have command over that industry, over that gift, over that ability? You don't just get a degree and you're done, right? So you got to challenge that thinking when that comes up. I believe that when we're ready, God connects us with the teachers, the programs, the mentors, and the knowledge that we need to grow in his wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. It talks about this in Luke 2.25. So I am constantly investing in coaches, in therapists, and other experts in areas that God is leading me to because they can help me and really show me where I have blind spots. And I'm also committed to walking my talk. So I personally believe I can't ask people to invest in anything that I offer if I'm not also investing. That's my belief, right? So... Unless God gives me peace about moving forward with additional development or work, I don't move until I have peace. And if I don't feel peace, I acknowledge that it's either a no or a not right now, and I keep moving forward. I've found that it's also key to keep God first because all wisdom and knowledge flow from him, and he often uses people to support us, but not always. Sometimes he wants us to lean on and rely on him alone, and that's where faith comes in. So the book of Hebrews is one that I love to study on this. Hebrews 11 is a great reference, but it teaches us what faith in action looks like and gives us the key to playing the long game. It's one word, faith. 
Faith is confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. It shores us up. Faith is about future and faith is about the unseen. So when it comes to our prayer life, for example, there is no recipe for perfect prayers. We can, however, inject our prayers with faith for the future and look beyond the present and start to speak faith over what we do not see, right? Speak to those mountains, prophesy your future. Faith isn't designed to just be an idea, but part of the DNA of who we are, like breathing. Hebrews 11 is a list of heroes whose lives are central to the saving power of Jesus. Their stories are connected to our story. All these people were still living by faith when they died. That's Hebrews eleven thirteen. The scripture right there redefines what the long game is. These heroes of the faith died while they were still believing for what God showed them. Isn't that humbling? There's some things that we are believing for, right? If you think about it for my children's children's children that you won't see in your lifetime. What is the long game for you? Could it actually be longer than this life? That's a thought. Here on earth isn't always where we receive it, but where we choose to believe it. We get to decide whether or not we will spend our lives believing the promises of God and holding on to his truth, knowing that this life is not the totality of every promise. When we misinterpret the long game, we're disappointed when our expectations are unmet. We have an expectation hangover. We start resenting people and get super frustrated. What would happen, though, if we redefined the long game in our lives? When we entrust our lives to God, he empowers us to play the long game. To play the long game, we must be Holy Spirit empowered. This is being aware of where our strength comes from. It's acknowledging and giving credit to where credit is due. When we surrender our life to God, something inside of us shifts and it changes everything. Our eyes don't have to be inwardly focused and we don't have to worry about what others think about us. We're more concerned about what others know about him and others' eyes being open to the source of strength that is the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a coming day When it says in the word and when we believe Christ will return for his church and he will redeem all of humanity. But until that moment, the Holy Spirit seals us. It says, quote, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession the praise of his glory, end quote. That's Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. God, in other words, has written his name on us. Don't touch him, don't touch her. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. They're covered by the blood of Jesus and sealed by his name. He has sealed us until he comes back for us. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance. Our inheritance is what we're waiting for, not what we hold right now. God the Father, through Jesus, has given us the Holy Spirit here on earth as a guarantee of our inheritance to come. The Holy Spirit counsels us, comforts us, and reminds us of all the things that Jesus said. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit bears fruit inside of us, actually stretching us, shaping our character, our desires, our intentions, our motivations, specifically so that we can endure and so that we can play the long game, also known as long suffering. Long suffering also can be known as forbearance, which is seeking God first so that he can direct our path. It's way better than making our own plans. To play the long game, we must be faith-inspired. Faith is seeing something that other people just don't see. Creatives know the inspiration process is all about seeing something that causes them to want to create something that no one has ever seen before. Faith inspires. We're inspired by more than just now and what the world would tell us we need to achieve. Happiness, peace, and success. We also know that there's always a temptation to play the short game. We see this with the story of Jacob and Esau. So Esau gives Jacob the birthright, right? His literal birthright for stew. (laughs) What? Right? He sacrifices his long-term inheritance for his short-term appetite. Literally. How often do we choose our flesh instead of our faith? How often do we take the easy street, the street everyone else says we should go, but deep in our heart, we have a conviction of what we do not see, but we silence the conviction because it's faster results, we think. That's not the way of faith. We live our lives as seeds to be sown for generations to come. Through the eyes of Christ, we can see by faith the future and the unseen, and if we can see it, then we will sow it. When we're able to look beyond the here and now and we're able to look through the lens of heaven and see an inheritance waiting on the other side for us, it becomes a no-brainer to invest our lives in the kingdom. What have you invested your life into? God's word is our inspiration. There's no limit to what he will do in and through us if we can decide that we see and believe it. The long game must be generationally focused. These were all commanded for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Hebrews eleven thirty nine. God is telling a multi-generational story. This is history. Can you see it? We can sow our lives, serve, and grow when we get our eyes off ourselves and on what God is actually doing. This means being intentional about what we're actually sowing and who will reap the seeds. Our lives then become an offering. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Hebrews eleven fifteen. Generational focus does not desire to go back to where we've already been. There will always be an opportunity for us to go back to our comfort zone. Our longing will lead, direct, and sustain us as we move forward. Can you see beyond your own lifespan? What will your legacy be? Will his power embolden you and fortify you for every season of your life? Can you see eternity? Can you have and enjoy your life in abundance to the full until it overflows now? What inheritance can you release on earth now while you're here? Our spirit was created to play the long game. What do you see in the future? Is it a faithful God? 
We are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. There are times where we must be intentional about seeking God out and remembering that. Focus. Can you see your life being used as a seed? It says in Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. This life is all about what we believe. Okay, so during the long game, at times it's challenging to discern how to approach a particular area or a season, right? We have a decision-making conflict. So there's a chart that I actually share in Rule and Reign, the Faith Walking Manual, and that you get when you are in 30 days of faith walking. Get in there. So there's a couple of journal prompts here, but this chart is really called the cycle of change. And it's a useful reference tool to know what part of the cycle of change you're in, in a particular area or different areas of your life. And it really is designed to help you choose the most appropriate techniques to move forward. It helps you apply wisdom. Okay. So I'll just go through what these are. And then if you want to dive into the 30 days of faith walking with us. You can go to www.courageco.org and get plugged in there. I also have the link in the show notes. So you can just click it and get in there. You'll get instant access. So the long game, right? During the long game, especially if it's been real long, we're like, did I hear God right? How do I know if this is wisdom? If this is God, if this is me, like, what do I do? Uh, Right? We have all that going on on the inside. We can evaluate where we are and really pay attention to what Holy Spirit is guiding us. So it's a tool to help us really lean into God, okay? So in phase one, I call this the play the hand phase. And this is a time to be fully in the moment. It's the most harmonious, optimistic, and determined time, right? It's this stage really is mostly associated with outward success. It can also bring up the question too around what to do next. And it's a time to remain solution focused and clear. Phase two is a toss in. This is an ending. Okay. And it can seem like an isolation or hibernation time with lower levels of energy and with less action taking. It's more the inner work versus all of the outer action that you might have seen in playing the hand, right? And being so externally out there and outwardly focused. This is now inwardly focused. And it's important to think outside of the box and really lean into growth, healing, change, transition. Really asking as well, how, what did I learn? How have I grown from this? right? If it's ending, you can give yourself your own closure by deciding what it offered you. What was the gift that it gave you? What wisdom did you glean? How did you grow from it? Phase three is the shuffle. Okay. This is like picturing a deck of cards. If you can sense the theme here, phase three is the shuffle. This is a time out phase to emotionally heal, reflect, and research and find new direction that will lead to a renewal and re-energizing. This is a time to turn inwards with God and evaluate core values and priorities. What do you have fresh hope to begin? So this could be, often it's an identity crisis, you know, becoming, 
If you have divorced, if you've become an empty nester, if you lost a job in an identity that you were in for, you know, 20, 30 years of your life, you're like, like, who am I now? Like, what is even important? Like, what? That's a shuffle, okay? And then phase four is the deal. This is hardcore action time. It's a time for experimenting, training, and networking all of which are an implementation of what's developed in the shuffle phase. So this is a time of confidence and stretching to new heights. What do you need to follow through on? Okay, so I'll give you an example of this so that it can be a little more real for you, but it just, again, helps you assess what season you're in so you know how to show up and play the game, okay? So during the long game, right, where you've got things coming up, this is really important to just assess where am I, where am I going, and how do I show up to close that gap with God, okay? Because there's always, you are here, and then there's this place that God showed you, or maybe he's going to reveal to you, and then a majority of that is the process and the gap to get there, and we have no idea how he's going to take us how long it's going to take, none of that. We just know that he showed us, like, this is the place that I told you to go. (laughs) Kind of like Abraham. Go to this place that I'll tell you. Like, leave your country, go to this place that I'll tell you. We're like, what? Right? But he guides us through that, okay? So this helps you really be intentional in how you show up with your journey. So an example of this, when I first began my relationship with God, I literally was stripped of everything that I know, relationships, um, activities that I once enjoyed, hobbies, things that I, you know, genuinely enjoyed doing. I, I stopped watching any sort of TV. I stopped listening to music on the radio. I just needed to like turn down all of the noise to literally figure out, okay, can I hear God? How am I going to know? And the only way that I could start figuring that out was to make sure that I got rid of all the extra noise that I didn't need in my life, all of the extra activities that I didn't need in my life, and just turn out all of that friction, all of that fuzziness, so I could get really, really clear and make sure that I could hear, all right? So I would say that that was a time where I was experiencing a toss-in. Like, this is an ending. It's really, really uncomfortable, but what am I going to do? I'm going to position myself to see if I can even have a relationship with God. Like, if I can know him personally, if I can be led and directed by him. I'm going to literally go all in on God. I've already lost everything else. I really have nothing to lose here. I'm either going to find out that I can or that I can't, and I'm going to give it a year. (laughs) So if this thing is ending and I can't go back to this place, I'm deciding, right, that that's over, that's done. I'm going to close that door. And now I really need to heal because if I'm honest, my heart is broken. I don't have like the same energy and zest for life that I did because that just like knocked the wind out of me. It literally sucked life out of me is what it felt like. And I'm broken and I need help and I need to re-energize and I know that God is my answer. So in this shuffle, God starts shuffling things up in my life. He starts changing my routine. He starts changing my diet and guiding me in what to eat. He had me on a no sugar diet. He had me working out differently. He had me volunteering in a recovery ministry. He was performing heart surgery on me. He had me like reading and studying the word and was giving me all sorts of things to really evaluate my core values and priorities. 
And then the deal started happening, right? So I was in tossing, shuffle, then I was in the deal. And this is when he had me learning all of the things. He had me exposed to new material. He had me healing my heart with him and experiencing healing with him, which I had never done before. He had me volunteering and showing up and serving in a way that formerly would have been super awkward and not something that I would do because I definitely had considered myself introverted and shy. So like being in a position where I'm leading, right? Especially something that I'm healing in was just God, right? So he had me in a high action time where serving was literally my priority. I was serving in ministry. I was training. I was doing literally training and facilitating. He had me doing a lot of speaking. There was a lot happening. He had me writing, which was never something that I ever saw myself doing. So I was like highly productive, right? And then it went into playing the hand where things start to level out and I'm starting to see what are the things that are really sticking, right? What was just for a season and what is meant to stay? And so things started leveling out again. And then I moved into another toss-in where I actually left this church community that I was a part of because I know God had more for me and I wasn't going to get it in that place. And so for around, you know, two, two and a half years or so, I was kind of in this space of like, ooh, I know there's more, but I'm not going to overcommit myself. I'm going to, when you say go, I'm going to go. So when it ended, it was clear and God launched me into a whole nother to a whole nother training and ministry and and development phase. Okay, that was a season. Now we're moving you into a new one and I went through the cycle again. Okay, so it really helped me embrace everywhere I was without making it overly dramatic. It helped me to really move and sift through it in a different way that was healthy and productive. So you can use this activation when you're really positioning yourself to play the long game. You can start using it to help you apply wisdom to start discerning what fits and what doesn't fit to start seeing where God is moving and to really process with God with Holy Spirit and evaluate what God wants to do next so that you can really partner with him fully in that okay so playing the long game is deciding that you don't want to just settle in life anymore, that you don't want to choose the way of the coward and shrink and play small with your life anymore, that you want to lean into courage, that you want to partner with God, that you want to go after these things that are assigned to your life and partner with him in doing that. And that is a long game. It's not instant success. Success that you see is never instant. This has been years of breaking, years of healing, years of developing, years of evolving. It's not just, ta-da, like we would love to think. We would love to think that that's how it works. It's just not it. There's actually a, uh, there's a quote. Let me see if I can grab it. That's just so beautifully said that I posted just the other day. Let me see if I can find it just for a little zinger for you. Okay, so here it is. I've seen a pattern God calls people, gives them vision, and starts them on their way, and just when it's looking good, humbles and crumbles them. After the divine humbling and crumbling, the called is for sure. They've blown it, and it's over. They don't realize that only now are they ready to serve. It's actually a Beth Moore quote. 
but it's so, so powerful, right? We, we think we're ready way before we actually are. Man is always looking at the outward appearance. So we're like, but I have the degrees and I have the certifications and I have the resume and I have the LinkedIn profile and I have the social media that looks like this. And like, look at all of this stuff. I have this website, right? And God's like, yeah, but check your heart. What's going on in your heart? Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. I know for me, right, if I don't have a heart that's been broken, how can I really serve the broken? If I don't have a heart that has been healed, how can I point people to healing? If I don't have a heart that knows God, how can I point people to him? The long game is a long game on purpose, but God is good. He is kind. He is merciful in that. He fully satisfies you in and through every season. You're meant to flourish in every season, no matter what it is. And when we're playing the long game, we don't try to abandon and abort the season that we're in. We literally say, okay, if you have me here, this exists. If you have me here, (laughs) this is exactly where you've designed me to be. And I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to show up and be excellent. I'm going to be content because you've given me the strength to do that. And I know that you are faithful and that you are good. And that's exactly where you're leading me to good things, to all these places that you planned for me that I might have drifted from. So this is a beautiful faith building practice. When you're playing the long game, you start thinking about your faith differently. You start developing your faith because you know you're going to need it. You start working the word because you know you're going to need it. You start really leaning into God because you know that man will fail you, but God will not. So you start putting your trust in a safe place, right? You start putting your heart in hands that can actually hold it. You start changing things so that you can actually have and enjoy your life in abundance to the full until it overflows so that you can be an example of what's possible with him. But that comes from maturing in him, from growing with him, from developing your faith, right? You can have a measure of faith, but you have to work your faith right? Faith without works is dead. You have to work your faith. So playing the long game is a great way to think, man, maybe I have been causing unnecessary suffering to myself because I've been really chasing this instant success. I've been really anxious as I've been scrolling and looking at all these people and what they've achieved. And I just see that that's so far for me. And I look, I'm just looking at how far I have to go. And I'm like, fully not happy with where I am and right we just make ourselves crazy when God's just saying be faithful and trust me when you can settle down you can receive from him and you can be led and guided by him in very different ways so I hope this message encouraged you and gave you a different perspective to look at how you're living your life are you living shallow Is this an opportunity to go deeper? Are you just trying to get quick wins that don't satisfy when it's the long game that will actually develop your character, help you grow in maturity, help you literally embrace the authority that you've been given and know how to use it, help you to work the word and have an understanding of the word, store it up in your heart so that you can apply it all of the time and especially when you need it most? 
helping you understand how to actually walk by faith and not by sight and not by everything that you see, not by distraction and busyness. I hope this encouraged you. If you want practical ways to break down how to walk out your faith, the 30 Days of Faith Walking Challenge is open. You can plug in there. We've got four more live calls. You've got access to all the content. You will have lifetime access to it. It's really a no-brainer. There's a link in the show notes to connect there. I will also say, if you have been looking for your next coach, right, to really help you build spirit-driven success in your life, to really help you build your life on a different foundation so that you can actually see God's hand in your life and see his rewards in your life, I would be honored to connect with you and explore what working together through life coaching could look like. So if that is also something that you want to explore, I'm extending this invitation to you. You can email my team, info at julianapage.com. Just say interested in coaching, what it will look like. We will hop on a call and see if this truly is a fit for you. And then we can get you going so that you don't have to navigate life alone. So you can start really experiencing firsthand the benefits of taking care of yourself and and walking out spirit-driven success, being led by the Spirit of God, developing in your faith, in your obedience, releasing these gifts, talents, and abilities that you have on the inside, really leaning in and partnering with your master life coach, who I say is God, right? (laughs) Your wonderful counselor, and doing that with somebody that can support you. It's just a journey like nothing else. So if that is something that you've been desiring, you've been wanting to work with a coach and the content here has been resonating with you. I am extending this opportunity to you. I don't do this often just because of other things that are priority and commitment in the calendar and that God has called me to, but this is on my heart to make space for you. So if you are, if this is an answer to your prayer, if this feels like a divine connection that you know that when you are ready, God sends the teacher and, and you found her, then send an email, info at julianapage.com. Say that you're interested in coaching and we'll make sure to get connected and see what that could look like for you. All right, everybody. I hope this message blessed you. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. 
embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.